think that was done just for you, Jamie and I. A little Green Day. Thanks, Frank. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. The better halftime show of the two is going to be Green Day versus Usher. Usher's not even going to be the most famous musician at the Super Bowl now. <laughs> and just when you thought Jamie would be here to talk sports, no, no, he's here to talk music. <laughs> Hitch and Ride was the the name of a of a big uh, song from the seventies as well. Do you know who sang that song? Oh, is this a trivia question? Well, uh, Jamie, while you're here, I thought I'd ask it. From the seventies, I probably should know what it is. Yeah, I should have brought out a twenty and said, "This is yours." If Vanity Fair was the name of, did you know that, Frank? Isn't that a magazine? <laughs> there you go. So, uh, well, see. <laughs> This is, you know what, you know what this is? This is like me trying to talk in depth about certain sports. <laughs> Jamie trying to contribute to a conversation about music. Uh, Jamie and I joins me now as uh, he's walking by the hallway every once in a while. I like to throw my arm out, grab him and drag him in here. And with good reason, because we had uh, a weekend of some pretty exciting football games this weekend. Uh, I guess, depending on who, who your team is, yes. you call them exciting or not. I've got a buddy who's a big Detroit Lions fan. I actually texted him last night uh, before the the switch in the game happened, uh, and then during that time, and he told me he was having a coronary. He says, "I think I'm having a twister right now." Oh, oh yeah, so little, that's, little that's not good. Clutching the chest there, watching Dan Campbell go for <laughs> on fourth down twice when he should have kicked field goals. Okay, so we're gonna let's start. Jamie Nye from the Green Zone joins me now. Uh, NFL games this weekend: the AFC game, Ravens and Chiefs. What do you think uh, was the difference in that game? The Chiefs uh, ended up on the victorious side of things, but pretty I, good game. I hate to just default to experience, but this is the Chiefs' fourth time in the Super Bowl in the last five years. Like They, they have been there, done that, and right. they look like a team early. The moment was not bigger than them. Right. Uh, they've been to bigger moments. They've achieved greater things than an AFC championship game where the Ravens and Lamar Jackson haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't even got to an AFC championship game. So for this group anyways, the Ravens have uh, in down the road when it was Joe Flacco and Trent Dilfer at quarterback, but not with Lamar Jackson. And it looked like there was a little bit more oh my God, what do we do uh, mm-hmm. with the Ravens? And I didn't like early. Like, the Ravens looked like they tried to get under the Chiefs' skin and warm up, and the kicker I, I, was I know there, that. and then yeah, they're that was them on the sideline. I'm like, you guys, you're yeah. just poking the well, beast here. And what speaking of the kicker, I, I couldn't help but think if uh, Karma was coming back there with the missed kick. Look at him with a Taylor Swift song drop well, that as wasn't a reference. In, that wasn't intentional, if I'm being honest. <laughs> but uh, look at you with knowing Taylor Swift's music. Uh, hey, I have a 12-year-old daughter at home. I know Taylor Swift. Uh, so, yeah, the, the missed kick. And then, you know, I wondered about this. I actually made a note of this to talk to you about today. Uh, at 6.45, with 6.45 left in the game, um, Lamar Jackson went deep. He he was trying to stretch that field out. Uh, that was the interception yeah. uh, interception in the end zone. Was he trying too hard? Like, there was still some time on the clock. It seemed to me like that didn't have to be a Hail Mary pass to the end zone. No, that was, I I think it's there. And the guy raised his arm, like right. the receiver's waving yeah. his arm down the field, and he just, let's take the shot. Oh, wait, there's three Kansas City Chiefs there. That's the thing. It was completely unnecessary. And that was a little bit, a little bit, it got a little panicky uh, right. for the uh, Baltimore Ravens. And, uh, and of course it was, there was, time's running out. We need to mm-hmm. make plays and, 
it was a little bit too much. I really like their defense in the second half. Came out completely shut out the Kansas City Chiefs in the second half. Uh, it was seventeen to what was it seventeen mm-hmm. seven at halftime, and then seventeen tens the final. So, but that offense. Uh, but it is the Chiefs. They're the number two defense in the National Football League. That is a very because of Mahomes and Kelsey and all the noise on offense. Everybody forgets how good that Kansas City Chiefs defense is. And I think that's part of it too. This we're not talking about you know some coming from the bottom of the barrel wild card team. I mean, this team has proven that they can do this before, and they had a lot of heart momentum behind them there seems to be they are crowd favorites wherever Mm -hmm. they go you see it in the crowd you see it in the coverage they get um i i wasn't even going to bring up taylor swift but you did i think that even has an impact on how people are paying attention to the chiefs now well i i don't think it's a coincidence uh, that they had the highest rated divisional game ever right uh with all the outside of football hype around the kansas city chiefs and travis kelsey right now so and now it launches over to the Super Bowl. Yes. Well, so that NFC game, 49ers and Lions, uh, you picked the 49ers to win that game. Mm-hmm. So you're happy about it. No, I picked the Chiefs and the 49ers. That's Let's fine. just make sure that that's, out, <laughs> that's there. out there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that was the tale of two halves. Crazy. The Lions looked like they were hungry and wanted it more in the first half of that game. And then, like, it wasn't even close in the second half. The second half was... Just you have to make the play. And both games are just in a championship moment. Who is going to play more consistent and make the fewest amount of mistakes? And in that first game, the Kansas City Chiefs were darn near flawless. Uh, There wasn't a lot of big mistakes made. Baltimore did. They made a few. Penalties, interceptions, all that. That game, Detroit couldn't make a mistake in Mm -hmm. the first half. The second half, their coach was making mistakes. He was being aggressive, trying to go for it. Then there was a drop pass on fourth down. Then there was a fumble. Like It, it just unraveled for the Lions, and the 49ers yeah. are so good that they They'll capitalize on every one of those in yeah. that second half. Yeah, so now we got a week before the big game. Yeah. So two weeks away, the 11th is the Super Bowl. Are you saving the, your pick till this afternoon, or...? Um, my my early fit like I'll probably think about it over the next two weeks. <laughs> but my early default is the Kansas City Chiefs win really? another Super Bowl. Wow. Their run game, Isaiah Pacheco, is he the way he runs, he runs so aggressive. And that's what the Lions were doing good early in the mm-hmm. game. They're running the ball down the throat of the 49ers. The Packers expose that. And they always say defense wins championships. And I would think right now the Kansas City Chiefs have the best defense. Uh, so you could be seeing back to back uh, championships for the Chiefs. No team's done it since, of course, Tom Brady and the Patriots. So let's switch gears uh, into the NHL for a second. The Oilers. I was chatting a bit about this this morning. Poor Greg Morgan's not even here to talk about it. He's, uh, well, he's not poor Greg Morgan. He's away on holidays. Is he, right is now. he in Edmonton planning the parade? Is that <laughs> yeah, what yeah, he's that's on? right. So they're at 16 now. Yeah, 17 is the record if they yeah. tie with Pittsburgh. But they, they're they going to have to wait a pretty big chunk of time because of the All-Star break. Is that momentum going to hurt them? Uh, I don't really believe in because the the Vegas Golden Knights are going to be off too, sure. right? Uh, it's not like they're the only team that has this break. Not a lot of All-Stars for the Oilers. Drysaddle and McDavid, not a lot of All-Stars for the Golden Knights. So uh, those two teams will be coming in fresh in Vegas. But Vegas is still beat up. 
Um, it'll be interesting to see how all these teams carry the momentum through the all-star break, but that Oilers team is a juggernaut right now. I don't know if they'll get to 18, but they have Anaheim after Vegas, so if they get to 17, it almost right. is like, okay, they'll get <laughs> if to If they get to 17, they get to 18. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to be a bit defensive here, but I'm just going to say Patrick Waugh hasn't had time, in my opinion, to settle in and make that team his own. So you you like to, every once in a while, mm-hmm poke the fact that my Islanders have had a bit of a slump here in the last part of the season. Uh, but, you know, Patrick Waugh didn't wasn't able to step in and save the day. I haven't seen him throw any water bottles on the ice yet. But uh, I still think he could be the key to success for the well, Isles. He, he had the opportunity to do it a couple of nights ago. He could have freaked out. Yeah. Uh, but no, it was just, With the elbow, you mean? Yeah, he yeah. calm, cool elected Patrick Wall all of a sudden behind the bench. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe he does need to chuck a few sticks on the ice and, you know, try to bring down the the glass between the benches of the other team. But uh, I just don't think that Islanders team's that great of a oh. team to turn it around. Oh, Jamie. No matter who the coach is. Like Jacques Martin hasn't been working miracles in Ottawa either, and it – yeah, I don't think Patrick was a miracle worker with that New York Islanders team there. Right? Well, I've enjoyed talking to you, Jamie. Thanks so much. I'm you don't want kidding. to talk about the Canucks? Come <laughs> yeah, on. We can talk about They're the a Canucks. Better team than the they Edmonton are, Oilers. Uh, those Canucks, I'm shocked at. Uh, I know you're going to say you're not, but they are having oh, a season. No. I am stunned. They are number one in the league. <laughs> and they've, and they've held it. that position. They've been up there for a long time now. Yeah. And I'm 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 a Canuck fan. I'm just waiting for it to all crumble. Do you like the coach? Oh yeah, yeah. I like the way Rick. Yeah, I think he's motivates. doing a good job. The one too. thing he did, he, he called out Elias Pettersson in the media a couple of days ago. Said I haven't liked his game for three days. Got to get him going. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, all the media is like, "What's uh, the relationship with you and Pettersson after you called him out?" And he's like. Whatever I tell you guys, I've already told them. Right. Like, whatever I say to the media, they already <laughs> this know. This isn't going to be how yeah. they hear about it. Right. Yeah. So I like that attitude because some coaches won't do that. Right. And they turn on those like, what did he say about me? What are you doing, coach? <laughs> but not in the case of Rick Tocca. A couple quick things I want to chat about while I still have you. Jamie Nye from the Green Zone joining me now a little bit early just to talk about all of the uh, sports things that are going on. So the sexual assault charges for this 2018 World Junior Team, uh, we've seen now one person uh, turn themselves in. There's going to be a few more. Um, is the, is there some work that's going on right now to to try and save careers, or is all of the focus uh, that these fellas are going to be placing now on on basically responding to this criminal allegation? Well, you look at Alex Formanton, who's the player who's now publicly charged, or as his lawyers have come out, he has retained like Canada's top defense lawyers when it comes to sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Like these players are millionaires. They will come with big, big time lawyers into these court cases. And what is usually happens in sexual assault cases, sadly, is the alleged victim doesn't want to get stand there and be asked all these right. questions and relive it. So they don't testify. What we know is what it sounds like. This young alleged victim, she's willing to face it. So, and plus and, all the inv- investigations we already have, they've gathered more evidence and things like that. So we'll see. But allegedly, there's some bigger names than Alex Formanton who are going to be 
uh, right. press with some charges here. Well, and, you know, I think the courts and, and the criminal justice system in general has gotten better at protecting victims and survivors of sexual violence with re-traumatizing them through court cases. There's various different techniques and things that they do there. Um, but, you know, I'm, of course, like you, I'm only seeing bits and pieces of information that are coming out through the media. But at the end of the day, um, there, there seems to be some damning potentially uh, information that's going to come out just in the way of text message and, and things that have already been yeah. been released through other processes. Yeah, the inquiry and stuff like that that have gone on. And it'll be interesting to see in the criminal justice system of innocent until proven guilty, once these charges are official on these players, what the National Hockey League does. Do and, they allow right. them to play right. while they're facing these charges? Should they allow them to play? There's a lot, of, and their own teams mm-hmm. in the National Hockey League, uh, but yeah, that is I, to be determined. Yeah, there will forward. be lots of of things there too. I'm going to actually talk in just a little bit. A lot of people are critical of the fact that uh, the London police are allowing these suspects to surrender ahead of criminal charges. Uh, I'll get into that a bit. I won't bore you with it. But at the end of the day, that's pretty common. Some people on social media are saying, oh, they're only doing it because they're NHL superstars. That's not the case. I can tell you that happens in Saskatchewan all the time. Every day there's opportunities for people to turn themselves in. It usually has to do more with are they a danger to the public is is what they focus on. All right, before I let you go, big Kinsman dinner this week in yes. Saskatoon. You're uh, my day to I, I, I You and I will be there. That's right. I'm looking forward to it, Joy Batista. Yeah. It's going to be good. Uh, uh, Bautista. Uh, Buck Martinez always has great stories. Uh, Jamie Campbell always does a bang-up job as well. So uh, it's going to be a fun night on uh, Friday in Saskatoon. I was just looking. Joy Batista, <laughs> he threw this on uh, his social media. What's going on, Saskatoon? Jose Batista over here. I can't wait to come up there and frizz my buns off. February 2nd, the Celebrity <laughs> Sports funny. Dinner for the Kinsmen Club. I can't wait to see you there. Come on out and support us. Support what they're doing and uh, the huge positive impact they're having in their community. And come out and see me, man. Let's go. It's going to be cold, but we'll be all right. He, come on. It's he not even going to be cold. that cold. He doesn't know cold. <laughs> if he thinks it's cold when he's in Saskatchewan, he's getting off lucky. But uh, that'll be a good night on Friday night. Jamie and I, thanks so much for stopping in today. Yeah, right on. You're listening to 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. I might have known Frank would find the song Hitch and a Ride by Vanity Fair. Absolutely one of my faves and not surprised Jamie Nye didn't know that. He knows all things sports, perhaps, but uh, music may be lacking a little bit. We were talking with with Jamie about the fact that uh, five players from Canada's 2018 World Junior Team will be facing sexual assault charges. London police have not named any of the accused. They have a news conference planned for next week. We know that former NHLer Alex Formington is uh, the first player to turn himself in with lawyers in tow in London to the police service. And a lot of people have gone online being critical of the fact that London Police Service basically as people have put it, afforded them the opportunity or the luxury of showing up on their own terms in a set period of time, as opposed to police going out and actually arresting them at their workplace or at home. That That is, I will say, quite common. It is quite common for police, depending on what the the person is wanted for. Often it, it depends on what they're wanted for and whether or not there's evidence, potentially. Like you wouldn't call a person who you suspect 
or you have reasonable grounds to believe is in possession of drugs, call them and tell them to turn themselves in if you want to seize the drugs as part of your investigation. Any, you know, giving them that tip ahead of time is going to cause them to destroy evidence. And in some cases, I would say it's a danger to themselves, depending on what the allegation is. You may not want to let them roam around for two weeks with the knowledge of what they are potentially facing in terms of a criminal charge. The other side of it is, of course, and they have said this, in this case, they don't believe those five are a danger to the public in the time between when it was announced that they were being charged and them being turning themselves in. So it's going to be interesting to watch this unfold. Five players from the Team Canada World Junior Team turning themselves in for sexual assault charges. And uh, really, I think what will be even more interesting is what stems from this changes that will be made not only to the NHL, to Team Canada when it comes to World Juniors, but I think hockey in general will go through a culture change when it comes to this situation unfolding. You're listening to 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.